This week's episode of If I Was a Betting Man is brought to you by Draft.com. Do you like fantasy sports but don't want to commit to a whole season? On Draft, you play live snake drafts with other people, just like in a season-long league. Drafts last for just one night, and once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire, just set it and forget it. And the best part, play for cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone play a real money game for free just for using the promo code bettingman when you make your first deposit search draft in your app store go to draft.com and enter the promo code bettingman today this week it's our super bowl 53 recap with the victorious aj uh also odds on next year's super bowl all this week on if i was a betting man AJ, how you doing, buddy? Oh my goodness, Johnny! Did you, still, you watch that game? You, you, still, watch, <laughs> you watch, you watch that game, right? <laughs> you still floating <laughs> on a cloud? Oh, it was a masterpiece! It was an oh, absolute masterpiece. A masterpiece. I understand. I understand. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see this, but I. I feel like most of the country thought it was kind of a boring game, right? And I didn't. I don't get that at all. I saw, I, I. I thought you don't, thought, huh? Do no. tell, AJ. What about the game wasn't boring for you? <laughs> no, I actually really. I mean, from a the if, you know, from the overview of the whole entire you know season and the uh, and from the the the, the general uh, um, you know standpoint of what, where the league seems to be going, I thought it was kind of amazing that like right. the. You know the the Rams came out with an amazing defensive game plan. I mean, really, right? They really shut down uh, Brady and the Pats for for three quarters, right? And uh, and you know that was I mean that was I mean that was that was that the, was Wade Phillips. It is uh, Wade Phillipsist. Yeah, Wade Phillips is a is a is a is a bugaboo for uh, Belichick. I think in a lot of ways. Yep. Or, or I should say, maybe more accurately, Josh McDaniels. Huh. But the uh, the uh, they they really had a good game plan in a lot of ways, and right. and uh, the the Pats obviously had a, a masterpiece of a defensive game plan, and in a league that's been dominated by offense the entire season, where the entire storyline that was out of every game was you know you had you know you had the Rams uh, Chiefs game, you right. had the uh, the Saints Rams game, right. you had. You know the Pats, Chiefs games, all these huge, high-scoring, you know, uh, what a shootouts. great, what a great storyline for the NFL. That after the season, uh, the main storyline for the season is how offenses have changed for the Super Bowl to be a completely defensive uh, game in the end, and for it to be um, this new innovator. Um, that everyone's trying to mimic, you know, everybody's yeah. trying to hire the next McVeigh, um, yeah. and have the old guard shut him down with a simple, like, but you know, also incredibly intelligent in its simplicity game yeah. plan, right? Time tested. It's a time tested game plan. I mean, time it's like, tested. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, you know, it's basically, it's just like you could, you mean, but, but, uh, Flores and Belichick did is that they just 
they switched back and forth from man to right. zone coverage right. and and stunted at the line and just made it so that Goff had no idea what he was looking at on and, any given play. And really yeah, went and, all in on the blitzes at times yep. with zero yep. coverage beyond uh, the box, right? So, I mean, no. how many times did they just send the entire team at Goff uh, I mean, it, that was, that was a very, uh, it was a ballsy strategy was ballsy. and yeah. it worked perfectly. And what they did was they took a young guy playing in his first Super Bowl and said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to test you because we haven't seen it yet. And yeah. he failed. He failed the test. No. No. And it's like, I think it came down to, I think that, uh, again, uh, McFay and, and Phillips came in with a really good. I think they. It seems like. I mean, obviously, you know, not having been in in the office for when they were coming up coming up with this, but it you weren't in like the office. Stuff. No, I wasn't there. I was no, in the. No. I was under the impression. I'm not sure why we have you as a correspondent on this podcast. <laughs> you couldn't even get into the office. Well, I was there. I was there a week early. Oh, uh, I see. <laughs> yeah. But they weren't doing it then, so you know, right. I, missed, I missed out on a lot. The of whiteboards really. were blank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was sweeping up, oh. <laughs> but no, I think they, I think they, they really, uh, I think they were relying on their offense to do what it always does. And they, I think they sold out on the defensive game plan. And again, it was, it was a really good game plan. I mean, holding, holding Brady and the, and the Patriots to 13 points and, uh, right. in any game is, is an achievement Absolutely. You know, from a defense standpoint. So, you know, the, uh, the uh, you know I think that I think they achieved what they wanted to achieve from a defense standpoint, and but you know what it came down to, and I mean seriously, they had three points. I mean, passed it three points in the first three quarters. You know, right. the and then uh, uh, McDaniel's uh, made uh, made his he went to the two tight end set in an empty backfield right. in the fourth quarter on that one last drive, and they were able to move the ball. They ran the same play sudden, how many times in a row? It was like four times in a row. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and it worked every time, you know. It and worked they were, every time. They, were, <laughs> they gained yards. And they, uh, not to mention the fact, on the on the drive after that, they they were able to, uh, they did some crazy shit with the blocking. You know, had uh, wide receivers blocking out of the backfield. Yeah. And I think, 20, I think uh, Michelle and Burkhead had two 26-yard runs, like back-to-back. You know, right. Which... Uh, well, they were. I think happen? the Burkhead was was a catch, wasn't it? It was a. Was it a it was pass? Like a pass? Yeah, I think was it, it was. Uh, but yeah, regardless, and you know, it's like in this in today's NFL, a screen like basically a screen pass is a. It's a it's a five yard handoff. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. I agree, hundred percent. I mean, it was really really smart and at its core, uh, very simple, very old school play calling. I mean, the same yeah. play they ran over and over again. It's Gronkowski. Uh, it's Edelman and it's the option with uh, with either Michelle or Burkhead, right? Yep. Um, and one of them was open. I mean, obviously Edelman had uh, an amazing game. I was watching uh, NFL Network do a breakdown. I mean, I think they did an hour on just Edelman. Um, <laughs> I was able to get through about twenty minutes of it before I started dry heaving. But the uh, that sounds about right. I think the twenty minutes sounds. I mean, they showed every route, and I'll tell you what—he was—he was losing uh, defenders 
constantly. He played, I mean, it was like he'd drawn up, okay, this is what I'm going to do against the first time I have this corner on me. This is what I'm going to mm-hmm. do the second time I have this corner on me. I mean, he, he, it was like he had prepared to a level that I don't think uh, is typical for anyone, even quarterbacks outside of the Patriot, you know, the Patriot yeah. system. It was really yeah, impressive. Yeah. Um, the number of moves that he had and also the way that he set it up where he uh, jukes left one time and loses the defender. And then the next time he fakes juking left and runs right past him. I mean, it was really cerebral, which is not you know something that I would typically attribute to a guy like Edelman who is a slot guy um, yeah. and is uh, really in the game to catch the ball and then take a beating immediately after yeah he's basically there as a I mean, normally the slot receiver has been yeah you know, it's been used as an outlet in case that you know the play breaks down breaks you know breaks down downfield and right you can may hopefully move the chains you know and uh you know i, I feel like kind of how they use gronkowski too i mean i think they kind of use gronkowski in that same kind of slot role where he was i mean he didn't do a whole hell of a lot i mean he had a couple of big catches in the first half but um, you know they all had them a lot in run blocking. They had a lot. They had Absolutely. Them, you know, and they did a lot. You know, they, and they then they used him. Deep. They used him when they needed him, when they yep. needed that big play in the second half, mm-hmm. which has sort of mm-hmm. been his career this entire. You know, the last this season especially. Um, yep. You know, he's the guy that they call on, and he delivers uh, yep. over and over again. Um, you know, that's one of the interesting things. I think that's sort of the nature of the NFL at this point is uh, because of the diversity of the defenses and because of the, the schemes that coordinators are using now, it's about having those options and it's about having that quarterback who is able to uh, utilize his best option in that split second he has to make a decision. Um, yeah. And that's the difference between a guy like Brady who is – You know, I think without argument now, I mean, even last year, even after his last Super Bowl win, I would have argued um, by far the the best ever. Um, Mm -hmm. And now it just seems like a foregone conclusion that he is the best ever, even though Mm -hmm. at the at the end of last season, you know, we were we had to sit through debate after debate of, you know, (laughs) is it Manning? You know, even even. Even coming into the playoffs this year, I saw a couple articles on, uh, you know, from people that I trust and enjoy reading, uh, asking if Manning was still in the conversation. And the answer is no. Manning is no, not, not still in the conversation. Uh, there is no conversation anymore. Uh, there, there wasn't a conversation after the last Super Bowl. Um, even getting to the Super Bowl last year was, you know, enough for me. Um, yeah. I, well, if you go if you go to seven AFC championships in a row, I mean, is, you know, now eight, now it's eight AFC championships in a row, and like, I mean, I you know, I the competition the, sucks the, though, AJ. Well, that's true, but I mean, at the same time, you still got to win the games, and like the odds, the odds on the Pats going to the Super Bowl are probably you know what, like ten to one or whatever. I mean, nine to one or whatever. No. We'll have that. I mean, at the at the beginning of the season last year, it was way out. Especially after like week four, it was way over ten to one. Um, it didn't. No, look I'm talking like, about for next season. What's what are the odds and paths? You want to go there already? I, we can do that. We can go there already. No, no. I'm just I'm not, I'm just trying to make a point. I mean, we can we can have a whole because I do. I am interested to hear because I'm sure you have, you have the odds. I do at your f- fingertips. 
So that's a whole different conversation. But what I'm saying is like, all right, so the odds are whatever they are, whatever they are for them to go to the Super Bowl again or win the Super Bowl. But what are the odds for the past to go to the AFC Championship again for the ninth year in a row? Yeah. Two to one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, listen. You know, next year you've got some. You have some AFC teams that are on the rise, and you have some. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, you have uh, uh, a coach uh, in the the uh, the best besides the Patriots, the best, uh, most likely team to win the AFC championship. You have a coach who treats you know the Super Bowl. It's like the Super Bowl is his kryptonite, and Andy Reid. <laughs> So oh, it's it's very Andy elusive Reed. to Andy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting sure, for him next year. Sure, well, but, I'm not really rooting for Andy Reid. I am rooting for Pat Mahomes. But yeah, um, I think we all yeah. are. I think everybody's on board with Mahomes. Yeah, well, he's you know he's a he's a great young player. He seems like a. Although that uh, was what, what was he saying? He put ketchup. He puts ketchup on his mac and cheese. I mean that's that's gross. But well, he's that, a young he man. Seems like a, a he's very, a he's a growing boy. <laughs> yeah. Give him that one thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, the the I, you know, I just I was I'm just continually astonished as as to how everyone is know, get, everyone is get, astonished that, that Bill Belichick at his with all of the years that he's been, you know, not even the greatest, but relevant. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, the fact yeah. that he continues to be dominant beyond yeah. Uh, beyond excellent at his job, he's dominant. He's a dominant, dominant coach in a league that is incredibly competitive, is always changing, and he looks at you know he looks at trends and he says no. <laughs> I'm going to put <laughs> yeah. six guys in the box. I'm going to shut down the run, and I'm going to hit yeah. the quarterback, and that's my game plan. And that was probably his game plan in his first Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah. it's it's kind of an incredible thing for you know it's a lesson for everyone in whatever your job is to cut through the bullshit and uh simplify and and do what works and the other thing is what he did all season with this team where he had Edelman and he had Gronkowski and Gronkowski for most of the season was not uh what he has been for the rest of his career uh and he Made it to the Super Bowl. I mean, he had no receivers. You know, he had, you know, a mixed bag of people who were coming and going. You had, you know, problem people and they came and then they left. And, you know, it, it just seems like a crazy scenario uh, yeah. for him to continue to succeed in. And he does it through the simplicity of his game plan and the game plan you know, going up to the Super Bowl where they would have these 10 to 12 minute drives, that is incredibly difficult to do in the pro level. It's difficult to do on the college level to have these drives where you don't have, you don't make mistakes the entire 10 minute drive. Like, I mean, it's all, you know, to have the ball for a quarter in one possession is nuts. And he would monopolize the clock. It's just really impressive. Um, all around, and you know, I don't know how much our uh, listeners want to hear gushing about how great Belichick has. We, we know, I think we all know that he yeah. is great. Um, that being said, the Rams only converted three third downs. Yeah. Well, so do the Pats, right? Well, yeah, absolutely true. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, I think the, the I mean, my what I was thinking when I was watching that game is that like somehow in the course of the season and the course of these playoffs, um, they uh, the, the Belichick on the fly, um, like converted, like converted this team into the 2002 Baltimore Ravens. You know what I mean? Like, like it was like with like a bunch of no name, you know, exactly. players and a, you know, he had he had Brady all of a sudden is turning into a game managing, you know, uh, quarterback. Um, turning into? You don't think he's a game managing quarterback? Well, I think he's. I think he's always been a game managing quarterback, but he's also been a game managing quarterback to throw for five hundred yards in the Super Bowl like a year ago. You know, right? So, I mean, he always had, he always had the talent to get the ball downfield, but um, you know, he just didn't have he didn't have the weapons to go downfield, and so they their game plan turned into uh, you know short yards, high percentage completions, and and moving the chains and running the ball and right. controlling the clock, absolutely, and then let, letting the defense. Do their thing, you know what I mean, and right. uh, redefining you know, yourself week to week to take advantage yeah. of all of the you know the strong points. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, yeah, the mismatches that they have that they can find on the other team, and you know they 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 just they I, mean, I think they figured out that they oh and you know what like all right again this is getting super nerdy but like their fucking punt coverage on that oh, they had boy. like four punts that landed within the. 20 yard line and like nobody else <laughs> we know that belichick loves hard coverage because he went on a like a six minute diatribe on it a couple of years ago in a press yeah, conference for sure where he, he likes punters super, he likes he likes special teams he loves matthew slater he loves yeah. Nate. he loves all these guys he's got like special places in his heart for like fucking punt coverage guys you know what i mean or like just special teams guys in general but and you know what? It paid off because that's what the kind of game it was. That's what the that's what the game turned into. It turned into right. field position rock fight. And you know, I so saw then, a tweet in the third quarter where somebody was talking about if the punter, if either punter could be considered for the MVP of the game. You know, right? See, <laughs> right in the beginning. I think, I think. I think. What's his name? Hecker had what? What did he have? Nine punts in that game? Yeah. Yeah, he did. I mean, it didn't do, do think, much good. Shouldn't they have faked one of those punts? Like the seventh punt, shouldn't you have yeah. thrown a pass? <laughs> Especially when you got well. Except I think they probably knew that the Patriots were going to be like you know really prepared, you know, prepared, respecting some sort of fake. You know, I was expecting <laughs> to have to wake up the person sitting next to me on the couch and be like, "Hey, they're faking a punt. They're they're fa- they're faking the punt." You know, as opposed to just wake them up when there was a new Avengers teaser. <laughs> How was how was your party? You were at, uh, you're at your brother's. Yeah, it was it was fun. We you know I was it was the end of a very long day and mm-hmm. I was tired and I was glad that I recorded the game at home so that I could do a little bit of a recap afterwards because I didn't recall <laughs> everything yeah, that, that took to place. Too. I ended up having to do a deep dive the next day to yeah. so make sure I remember every single detail. Right. Well, I had a great time at B61. I, was there I heard you had a good time. I heard that you guys really enjoyed the Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was fun. I saw, was I saw a video on Instagram of you starting a chant that I think was something like Maroon 5 Forever, right? It was, uh, it was, it was in that vein, although it actually... <laughs> 
I think it was more like fuck this shit over and over again. <laughs> right. And let me tell you, John, it did not take very long for that to, to catch on. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> Honestly, you could walk into to be fair, you could walk into B sixty one right now and get the same chant going. No matter what. Yeah, yeah. yeah no matter what's on TV. Seven a, days a week. <laughs> No matter what, if, as long as you know, there's a lot of frustrated folks hanging out in that bar. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, you didn't care for the halftime show. Obviously, an amazing, obviously an amazing fourth quarter. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else from the Super Bowl that was noteworthy besides? Uh, 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 well, I, I believe I won a bet with Vinny. I was making dollars. That's right. I actually picked the Patriots to win. Um, on the last podcast, uh, but I, I thought it was going to be a shootout in the fourth quarter. I was really thinking that we were going to see one of those uh, like four four lead change. You know, I did, and then and, front, and then yeah. I I thought that what you were going to see was you were going to see uh, the Patriots go up by a, a touch. <clears throat> excuse me, go up by a touchdown, and then. Um, you were going to see them get the stop on defense and then Brady was going to score again and they were going to win by two scores. That's what I uh, predicted um, in the last podcast. But uh, yeah. wasn't the case. Uh, no. They ended up winning was, by uh, two scores, uh, one of them being the punt. Kind, it was kind of the case. It wasn't a shootout, but where they, they did go up by a touchdown in the fourth quarter right? and then get that last field goal Correct. to, to seal the deal. So, and. In that sense, you were correct. Right. I mean, I don't. And I don't that incredible, anybody... incredible stretch of a sense that was correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I will say that I, uh, I, I don't know who picked my boxes in the B sixty one pool. Oh, jeez. Yeah, they was were it you. No, was it you. Was Actually, it I pointed it. I pointed at one. I was sitting there. Yeah. I pointed at one that I think you won on. I I can't even tell you. I don't even want to say how much money I spent on boxes this year, and I won (laughs) zero. Zero. (laughs) Well, I had three zero and three three in in the in the same row, so I ended up winning seventeen hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, quite a day. That was nice. That's nice. I I actually I will say I I think maybe I've told the story before on podcast, but. I'll admit I've won that much on boxes and gambling on the Super Bowl before, but it was in the 2007 Super Bowl, uh-huh. and I would have easily, happily traded all those winnings for, for a, a Patriot Patriots a undefeated season. Yeah. yeah, but this year I didn't have to make the trade. Like, you know, I get the money, uh-huh. I get the you know, I get the win, right. the sixth Super Bowl. You know, I don't know what you thumb. want from me right now. I'm not sure I can do anything besides just let this trail off. I think <laughs> I think this is going to have an ellipsis after this discussion. I'm just saying. Congrats like, on the win know, and the money, AJ. Anyway, probably, it's probably the best, probably the best Super Bowl I've ever seen. I'm, I'm just going to say the that. best yeah. you've ever seen. I mean, I wouldn't say that. Last year's was pretty good. Last year's was a good Super Bowl. I enjoyed that. No, it was entertaining, but this is the most satisfying for right. us Pats fan. That's what I'm saying. You know? Yeah, and because also, of the money. It's also most satisfying as a person with very little money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's let's talk about uh, the odds for uh, Super Bowl Fifty Four. Um, who do you think is the most likely team to win Super Bowl Fifty Four right now? You know, it's like 
Well, we're just talking about odds, right? We're not talking. I mean, like. Yeah, who does Vegas think right now? Who does Vegas think? It's, it's got to. I think that, I mean, I think all four of the. All four of the t- the, the final four teams uh-huh. are probably in the co- are probably in the co- you can make a case for all four of those. Correct. Um, there's let's let's call it. There's five teams. Let's call the top okay. five teams. Okay. So with the so that would be the top four and the Chargers. That is one hundred percent correct. Okay. So then, um, all right. Let's think about this. So it's got to be. So there's probably. It's probably it's probably the Chiefs, right? It is not. They are it's not the Chiefs. They are the third most likely team. Really? So all right. So then it would be the. It's not the Pats. It, it is. Pats. It is right now. The Pats really? are the number one team, which is which is wow. stupid. I mean, that considering that the turnover stupid. in the coaching staff and everything else, not that they're not used to that, but yeah. you know, it just to me, I don't think that that's correct obviously what they're trying to do is they're trying to all most of these patriots fans are still drunk and they're trying to take they're advantage trying to get, of yeah, uh, trying to get people the fact that they're money. all gambling addicts yeah exactly mm-hmm. um but it so is chiefs, patriots chiefs are, are most two. likely uh no chiefs are number three so saints are two no oh my god i'm totally blowing this the rams are two Rams are two. Uh, yeah. Pats, Rams. Well, I guess that makes sense. They are the Super Bowl. Pats are, Pats are at plus 650 right now. Um, uh-huh. $100 bet pays $650. Rams are at plus 700. And the third place, wow. the third place team uh, is the Chiefs at plus 800. Very tight grouping right there. Yeah, that is tight. Yeah. Um, and not know. far behind them, the number four team. Is the Chargers? Chargers at number four over the Saints because over the, the Saints. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, plus nine hundred is... right now for the Chargers. The Saints are at plus a thousand. Um, I think that's a good think, bet on the Saints. I think the Saints is a good bet. Yeah, I was going to say like that seems like the best, the best bet. I don't think I would take. I don't think I would take the Chargers. No, I wouldn't. I might take the Pats because you might. Yeah, well, you know, obviously I'm biased, but the, I do try. I do try and gamble with, and set aside my personal bias. It doesn't always work, but uh, <laughs> in fact, most of the time it doesn't work. But the uh, the uh, yeah, I think that uh, I don't think I would take the Rams. I love McVeigh, and uh, but I think there's something wrong with Gurley. Yeah, Gurley, yeah. Uh, well, something's wrong with him, but he's got the whole offseason. Here's the thing, you know, if something is wrong with him, uh, it's been wrong with him, and they didn't report the injury. So now it's interesting, right? So say yeah. say he says he's getting surgery on his, you know, on his knee or something. Surgery on a, on a leg somewhere. Uh, what does that do to the Rams? I mean, they're going to get, you know, fined for that and maybe punished even more. Because they uh, didn't reveal that injury when they absolutely uh, are obligated that, to by the that, league, and, that's, and that by the way is cheating. It's cheating. Uh huh. 
Cheating. <laughs> cheating. cheating. Hey, that's cheating. Listen, man, cheating gets you places. Just ask uh, Super Bowl MVP Julian Edelman. <laughs> That's true. He got to rest for the first four I, weeks of the year and then I like the, uh, I like cheated it. I like his way the, right into the MVP slot. I like how all the baseball writers were like, you shouldn't be allowed. It's in baseball. Everything, like, whatever, man. Like, seriously, it's football. Like, these guys are basically turning themselves into vegetables for your entertainment, you know? Like, and, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. true. But also, you know, if, like, it seems like. The, the suspension, I don't know what actually goes on, but it seems like to get suspended, you have to be literally caught putting the needle into, like, it doesn't, the number of people that seem to be using uh, the banned substances or not getting tested regularly or whatever it is, it always seems like somebody that uh, is being beyond egregious. You know what I mean in the NFL yeah. at this point. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like Edelman is uh, the type of guy who is willing to take some chances to uh, right. to he's succeed. He's thirty-two. He's thirty-two years old, and it's like right. You know, he's a quarterback from Kent State. Whatever. Like yeah. You know, this is the best thing that's ever happened to him. You know, like being being a wow. patriot and you know winning super bowl so like, Here, let me ask you this question this this kept coming up and and i kept thinking of this over the course of the week um everybody's saying uh julian edelman now the you know he's he's the best slot receiver ever um and i never heard wes welker's name come up i never mm. heard it come up once yeah i thought that too actually you know what I mean, it's absolutely true because Wes Welker's also well. He doesn't have three Super Bowls. He wasn't there for the 2001 team, so right. he's got two. He's got two rings, and does he have one with Denver? Wasn't he on the Denver team with Peyton Manning at one point? Uh, no, I don't think he has a ring there. Uh, um, well, regardless, I mean, like the, you know, I, honestly, I think if they beat the Giants in 2007, I think then you start talking about Wes Welker for the Hall of Fame because Randy Moss is. Is Randy Moss already in, or is he like? He's, but he, if he's not in, he's first ballot. Yes, you know? correct. He's first ballot. So the, you know, I think if, I think if the Pats go nineteen and zero and win the Super Bowl against the Giants in two thousand seven, I think you start talking about Wes Walker as, as a, uh, as as a, maybe not a lock, but a you know uh, definitely. You know, I mean, just because a, of the fact that it was such a defensive game, and because Brady was, you know basically uh st- you know he was held the entire game um you know held back the entire game and yeah. uh it didn't seem like Edelman was held back at all you know what i mean yeah. it seemed like when yeah, they went well, to I, Edelman he did it he he made the correct plays i'll tell you what Brandon Cooks um if he i mean he did, he had a lot of drop balls he had a lot of opportunities <laughs> to also be the mvp of that game um and he didn't he didn't catch the passes Edelman did well, I, I think, I mean, the thing about it is that that's why the, the pass let Cooks go. It's not, it's not that they didn't think he was talented. And it's not like they didn't like him as a downfield threat and didn't love his speed. And our guys is that, you know, he, if you hit him, he can't catch the ball. And like, he's got the ability. You know, he lacks the focus. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think they, they single covered him with Gilmore in the entire game because they knew Gilmore could, uh, you know, do a little bump and run and, and, and get him off his game. And then they doubled up on Woods, who I think is the more, uh, you know, was the more uh, dangerous receiver that whole game. And so they doubled right. Woods the whole game and, and he was nowhere to be found. Yep. So the, uh, um, you know, I think they, 
I think they knew Cooks. I, they, yeah, they know Cooks. You know, they knew him. They, he was there last year. They know they know what Cooks can do. Yeah, and what he can't do. And he still had a great game. I mean, he had a hundred and something yards, hundred twenty yards, something like that. Yeah. But uh, you know, again, like he had a couple of catches, makeable catches in the end zone that he did not make. Two. And so two, and you know that would have definitely both of those catches would have changed the outcome of that game for sure. For sure. Let, let me ask you so, this. Who do you think is the team that is least likely to win the Super Bowl next year? Of all the teams, of all NFL teams, which team, uh, according to Vegas right now, has the longest odds at winning? See, this is a funny question because I haven't thought about it at all. Right? But, but, the, fa- but the fact that you're asking it yeah. makes me think that it's the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, fuck you, AJ. <laughs> Second of all, that is 100% correct. <laughs> the Dolphins are at plus 30,000 right now. What? Oh, my God. $30,000 oh. for a $100 bet. Such disrespect, my man. Brian, Brian Flores, Flores like, is getting no love. Uh, uh, I, am, I am outraged. Outraged. After that defensive game plan. Yeah. Uh, you know, s- standing on the shoulders of uh, one head coach in the Belichick coaching tree that we all know and love, one Romeo Cronell. <laughs> the immortal Romeo Cronell. The immortal <laughs> Romeo Cronell, who was uh, the defensive coordinator for, I think, the three the most dominant era of the Patriots defense for three or something years yep. and then he goes on to be a yep. head coach and does absolutely nothing um yeah he went to he went to the Browns but you know I mean the Browns are a terrible uh terrible organization at least back then they were they were yeah but at the same time yeah I don't think Romeo Cornell did himself any favor and he's uh, still a defensive coordinator he's uh how is he now oh shit I knew this um, you know, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, you know, it's the, the, I think the, I think the Bell, there's a reason why the Belichick coach, coach tree doesn't have that many legs, you know? Yeah, because it's all Bill Belichick. Uh, Romeo Cornell is the, uh, defensive coordinator and assistant head coach for another member of the, uh, Belichick coaching tree, one Bill O'Brien. Oh, oh Jackson? He's in Houston? Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, well, cool. not really that cool. But, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, at least he's, at least he's working. You know what I mean? Not a, yeah, I agree. Yeah. At <laughs> least he's two, working. You know. <laughs> so, he could be coaching EMAP. And I think that's probably, I think it's probably the worst uh, worst football job you can have is coaching UMass football. <laughs> <laughs> of every college team in the country, UMass football is the absolute worst. Tough break. You know. uh, tough break. Like, are you the Minutemen? Is that right? We are the Minutemen, yes. Yeah. Tough yeah, break, Minutemen. The basketball team is something, but uh, football is not. And, uh, and they, uh, yeah, they, they, they stretched out to to, uh, to start playing the, the, the teams in Boston. And it's, it's not gone well. They yeah. started playing games at Foxborough. Are they playing Boston Boxborough. College? They do play Boston College, yeah. So they just and, get uh, trounced by Boston College every year. They do. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, the, uh, anyways. This, the, you know this... 
You don't want to talk about UMass football? <laughs> no, I, honestly, we already lost everyone listening <laughs> as soon as you said the words UMass. Um, so uh, just real quick before we wrap up. Um, okay. The uh, I do want to just mention the NBA real quick. Obviously, the, uh, the Pelicans uh, were unable to reach a deal today. Uh, it's the NBA trade deadline with uh, the Los Angeles Lakers when the Lakers offered the entire team uh, plus two yep. picks. Plus, they were going to give them Jack Nicholson. They said no. Um, and yep. the reason why has to be, I mean, it seemed like uh, what I heard was that the uh, the Pelicans wanted eight picks from them which is plus uh, all the players, plus Brandon Ingram, plus Lonzo Ball. Plus, like, it's, uh, you know, th- there was no way that the Lakers were going to be able to say yes. Um, and it seems like uh, a stupid move for the organization, number one, for the Pelicans. For the Pelicans? Yeah. yeah. The, but number two, it seems like the second most likely team that he's going to go to um, is – going to be Boston. What do you think? What are your, what are your thoughts on that? First of all, you've heard about Kyrie, right? He looks like he's out sure. the door. So, yeah. And Boston has a million pieces to trade. It seems like they want those pieces more. Um, Boston also stingy with their draft picks. Um, yeah. What do you think? Are you going to, are you going to welcome Anthony Davis and also be okay saying goodbye to Kyrie Irving? Wow. First of all, I don't think the Pelicans had any any intention of making a trade with the Lakers. I think they, I think they, I certainly think they seems irritated. That I think they were irritated that the uh, that the Lakers. It seemed like LeBron and uh, Davis had a conversation, and and I think they think that they tampered with Davis. Are you accusing LeBron of tampering? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. it's. Definitive that he definitely did it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we all agree did. it's tamper. It's when a player yeah. does it, though. <laughs> is it tampering when a player just says, "Hey, man, come to L.A. Uh, I'll put my arm around yeah, you and make you a billionaire." You know yeah, what are you gonna yeah, do? Yeah, you know, yeah. let me show you how to handle your business. Uh, let yeah, me yeah. Uh, let's win a championship. You know, work for you know. Well, I don't- I don't have a problem with I don't have a problem with um, with uh, you know players making trade demands. I mean, how, how could you possibly have a problem with Anthony Davis saying I'm not happy in New Orleans anymore? Trade me. I want to go somewhere else. Like he's a you know I mean he's he's only got 15 years in the league and he's got to figure out what he wants to do. And like you know it's not like the teams care. You know so like I mean the teams will trade you. You know, for, the other for teams, bad balls. yeah. Any team, any team will trade anybody for you know. So and they make teams based on. I mean, they make trades based on their their own business decisions. And so why shouldn't players? A hundred percent. But but at the same time, it's like you know, it's a trade. So you te- it takes two sides, and you know if if they if the if New Orleans thought that LeBron was doing something shady and trying to like sneak around and, and, and tell them there was like some kind of deal in place that that was not involving the Pelicans. The Pelicans are totally within their rights. They are. To 
But you is it I mean? like there's nothing? A hundred. I agree with you. They. I keep saying a hundred percent. They are within their rights. I agree with you. But aren't they also running a, a business? Aren't they also uh, in a position to take? I mean, I guess there's going to be more suitors in the off season. But what's going to happen is, honestly, I think what that's going to do when there are more teams uh, is that's going to drive uh, the value down. I think what the pat- what the uh, I'm sorry, the Patriots I almost said geez what the Lakers offered was uh, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, uh, Hart. Uh, it was it was everyone on the team yeah. plus yeah. two first round picks. They're not going to they're not going to see that. They're not going to see no, that again. No. The Celtics can give them a lot of players um, that are young and that have upside. Um, do they have the upside that just Ball and Ingram have? I don't know. Well, I think that, I mean, honestly, this is, I mean, I think the, the Pelicans' biggest mistake was, like, I mean, I don't think they should be making any trade with Danny Ainge. You know, Danny Ainge is a whole <laughs> lot smarter than Magic Johnson when it comes to the, the business of basketball. I mean, not obviously to the game of basketball, but the business of basketball. Like, I don't think, I don't know. Like, Danny Ainge has, Danny Ainge hasn't lost on a trade in five years. And he hasn't lost on a trade since the trade he made with the Nets. Right. You know? and, well, yeah, so but he I also, in that five years, he doesn't have a championship to show for it. And also, he's going to lose Kyrie. They did a lot for Kyrie. They're going to lose Kyrie. Kyrie is unhappy. Kyrie, yeah, is, a, Kyrie is a pain in the ass. Kyrie sucks. <laughs> I mean, he I doesn't suck. He's, he's very... Player. He's very good, but he's he's not what you want on your team. I don't. I, I think he was a miscalculation. Like they are. They are. Well, I mean, they played a lot better recently, and they are. And my bet with uh, with my buddy Ken Ball over who was going to have more wins is trying to look a little at least reasonable. I I I had a two hundred dollar bet with my buddy Ken Ball, who's a huge Golden State fan, uh-huh. as who was going to have more wins this season, and. No. It's like for the first two months of the season, it was like the worst bet I ever made. But now it's starting to look like I mean they're what four games back of the the Warriors, you know. So I think that you know, I think they can beat the. I think they can beat. I don't think they. I don't think they're going to overtake Milwaukee. They're not. Toronto, I think they're going to be right there with Toronto. Toronto got uh, Marcus All today. So yeah, that was a good one. That yeah. was a good trade. That's a good pickup the for Sixers, them. I think the Sixers trade was uh, was uh, I don't for uh, what's his name uh, is it um, they got Tobias Harris uh, yeah I got Tobias Harris which I think is on paper a really good trade I mean they got the best they got the top five now in the East with Tobias Harris but uh, Tobias Harris is kind of an asshole and Jimmy Butler's kind of an asshole so like yeah are those guys like how what are they at what point in the season are those guys gonna start barking at each other in the locker room. I mean, who knows, you know? Yeah. And they also, out, the Sixers have no, like, no bench whatsoever. They get, they yeah. get an amazing top five and no bench. So, like, I'm no longer worried about the, uh, about the Sixers. I still think that now, it looks, I think the Bucks are the best. <laughs> I think yes. the Bucks are better than the Warriors. Well, um, I don't know about that. You want me to I'll, let me run through the odds right now to win the NBA championship. Number one is Golden State Warriors, negative two hundred dollars. You have to bet two hundred bucks to win a hundred dollars. Uh, As it should be. Second, most likely to actually the uh, right now, um, probably because of the uh, Gasol trade, 
the Bucks and the Raptors are both the second most likely team to win um, at mm-hmm. a big discrepancy at plus nine hundred uh, each of them. So a hundred dollar bet plays pays wow. nine hundred bucks. Um, uh, I take either one of those bets. Uh, after that, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I would take the Bucks bet. I, you know, I, I want to see what the, the I want to see what the Raptors do. I'm actually going to see. I'm going to see the Knicks get uh, chewed up and spit out by the Raptors on Saturday at, at Madison Square Garden. Um, I'm looking forward to that. That should be fun to watch. Uh, yeah, Gasol uh, integrate himself into that team. Um, the fourth most likely team is the Houston Rockets at plus twelve hundred. And then uh, tied at fifth uh, are the Celtics and the 76ers at plus 1,400. Um, And and then the Lakers are at plus 1,600, and then it goes off a cliff. Um, But honestly, I don't see the East doing anything this year. Nobody does. Um, But next year, depending on what happens with, you know, Kevin Durant's leaving, uh, it looks – more and more likely that he's leaving, even though he hates the media and he's going to go to New York. Does that make sense to anybody? <laughs> uh, I know. What a know. dumb shit. Like, yeah. Durant, like, you know, I, I, he, he had this, like, golden boy reputation for the first five years of his career, and then all of a sudden he turned in, and he goes to the Warriors, and he turns into a heel. And it's yeah. like, he's going to be another, you know, well, he's going to be, like, yeah, he's gonna be. It's like Carmelo Anthony with two rings or whatever. But like, you know, he's got. He's gonna have the same thing where he's just. It's like truculent. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, Combative. Sturly, fighting know, with like, people on Twitter. Here? Yeah, just just be yourself. Yeah. Like all he has to do is be. You know, he's uh, every year he's gonna be in the conversation of one of you know of. Who's the best player in the NBA? Every year, he's yeah. going to be included in yeah. that conversation. All he has to do is yeah. just be himself. Have more fun, KD. Yeah. Have more fun. Know, like Talking to reporters and answering stupid questions about stupid shit and then having them blow it up into stories that aren't really stories. That's part of the job. That's the job. You're a basketball player. You're in the NBA. Like That's half that's the job. Happened. It's half the you job. I mean, look at the Patriots. That was the other, uh, not to bring it back to the Patriots, because I know all your listeners are probably completely bored right. with the Patriots. But it's like. Plus me. Don't the, forget about me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, no, but I mean, like, that was the thing. Is that the, all the, the crazy stories that were swirling around the Patriots the last, like, four years, five years. I mean, going back to, well, I mean, you go back to, to Spygate, but I mean, like, I'm talking about from Deflate Gate on. Every year there was some fucking crazy story about like what the you know. And last year it was all the shit with the, you know, whether Belichick and Brady were even t- you know getting along anymore, right? And banning the weirdo uh, trainer from the from the facility and all those. Things. And that was all put aside, and they win another championship. You know what I mean? They were able to quash all that shit. You know the the benching of Malcolm Butler, like I think that was like a yep. that was a huge deal for the team. Like the team was super pissed about that, right? And you know, and and Belichick was able to quash all that, and everybody put it aside, and then they won another championship because so like he's a real great, boss. You know? he's a real boss. It's rare in the NFL for a head yeah. coach to be a real boss. I mean, that's one of the things that you take away most when you watch Hard Knocks 
and you watch the meetings that the teams have and they show the head coach say something and then you see the rest of the guys like rolling their eyes, the rest of the coaching yeah. staff. You know what I mean? Yeah. When when Belichick says something, uh, it's done. That's it. It's in stone. It. There's no questioning That's him. Policy. That's yeah. the policy. That's how we're doing it. And it's been and that way. You- for even before he was considered the best coach of all time, you know, that's how he yeah. runs his program. He's in charge. He micromanages. He's in charge. He's coming up with the defense. He's coming up with the offense. He's doing all of the things. Um, so, I mean, but see, this, this, that, that situation brings me back to the whole like Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis situations where it's like, you're, you know, Kevin Durant was great in Oklahoma City until he was a free agent and then he goes to another team and then all of a sudden he's like I'm a you know I'm not I'm not a part of a, a team I'm a I'm a free agent I have my own agenda right. this is what I want he got exactly what he wanted out of Golden State they all seem to like him it's not like you know they think he's a dick or anything but you know it's the same thing with Anthony Davis it's like do I want to do I, as a Celtics fan do I want Danny Ainge to trade you know Tatum and Jalen Brown yep. and a bunch of draft picks for a dude who's going to come to the Celtics, you know, and same problem with Kyrie Irving where it's like, do I want them to trade him for, for a guy that, that has his own agenda that's already set up his own agenda. And again, like these guys, I mean, that is, they're absolutely their right to do that. They're to, 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 to play wherever they want to play. And they want, you know, they they have the right to work out whatever deal they want to work out for their career, and I totally, you know, fully support that. But uh, you know, if I, if I see a superstar coming in as a free agent, I'm not going to trust him as the guy who came up in our own system. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and, I agree. You know, I mean, that's the well, thing. Anthony Davis is going to run out of the same thing. You know, that's the thing that the Knicks, if the, say the Knicks get do get KD and they do get Kyrie Irving, who's going to be the leader on that team? Those two guys aren't leaders. Yeah, like, Those guys are free agents. Those guys are going to be doing their own thing. Those guys are going to be having yeah, combative press conferences and then, you know, going to the party for their, you know, new, uh, I don't know, vodka brand. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, if the Celtics just stuck with a lineup of homegrown guys, they would have Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier. Jalen Brown, I mean, you know. Yeah, and they'd lose Bar- every year. Yeah. Well, I don't know, dude. I mean, that was that was a pretty good team last year. I mean, they didn't have Hayward and they overachieved. last year for the playoffs. They overachieved last year. Of course year. they overachieved. They overachieved. But they were also like, you know, fucking Jason Tatum was 20 years old. Absolutely. So, Listen, Jason Tatum's so great. Gonna You're going to lose him. He's going to be he's going to be out the door. He's, you know, right now the team the the dynamic on the team is a little bit off kilter and the reason why is because their best player is not a leader. And yeah. It's problematic for everyone. Nobody the the I, the team they're playing better but their team identity is still uh lost. And last year yeah. they were yeah. the scrappy guys that weren't supposed to be there. And this year yeah. they're going to be the guys that are that. supposed to be there, and their uh, star is going to be showing off his new, you know, uh, handbag. So anyway, yeah. uh, that's. Point, uh, listen, go ahead. We got to wrap it up. Like, but go ahead. I get it. 
but the uh, uh, like my point being is that like if they if the Celtics trade for Anthony Davis, I don't see that as improvement over uh, Kyrie Irving, or I don't see an improvement with the two of them playing together. The Seventy Sixers, I think, have the same problem. It's yeah. Like, you know, they got Embiid, who's the homegrown guy, but the rest of those guys are like, you know, coming in, uh, you know, as as free agents, and so that's why I like, you know, a team like the teams like Golden State, who brought a lot of these players up. I mean, they they got their own uh, free agents, but you know, Seth Curry's a, a, a Draymond Green, they're they're homegrown guys, and Milwaukee, Milwaukee's, you know, I mean, they they love fucking Giannis in yeah. Milwaukee, and he loves Milwaukee. Yeah. Like, I think I think that is I think that's an underrated part of uh, NBA success. I agree. Teams are, have feel a real connection to their city, and uh, you know when you start getting free agents moving around everywhere, people demanding trades, and and and, and teams shopping superstars for for draft picks and stuff like that. I think that's I think that's what gets lost, and I think that's a big part of the championship equation. Yeah. Plus, it's exciting yeah. when these smaller markets compete. You know what I mean? Like when Oklahoma City was oh, competing, it's great. I, you know, it's something that I, I think everybody enjoys, and it's good for the small market teams to get some money involved. Um, you know, I really like this small market. Okay, we got to wrap it up. Um, I do right. want to say real quick at the end, uh, RIP, uh, not only a great baseball player, but a great American and Frank Robinson who passed away today. Um, yeah. Really... Well, you know, I don't think anybody, uh, I mean, a lot of people disliked him because he was such a competitor, but I mean, everyone respected him. Um, the the great Frank Robinson, uh, the first black manager in the history of Major League Baseball. Uh, rest in peace, Frank. Uh, lots of respect for him. Um, as always, I do want to thank uh, the great Josh Archer. Um, I want to thank our sponsor, Draft.com. I want to thank AJ for joining us and not gloating. Uh, too heavily about the <laughs> Patriots win. Um, I, I can afford to buy a beer in the next time I see a shot. So okay. we'll, we'll raise the beer to celebrate the latest. Yeah, we Boston will. Champion. You can buy me a beer. I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> and I want to thank uh, the listeners for uh, taking in yet another episode of If I Was a Betting Man! <laughs>